Thank you. Welcome to Schmears the Deal. I'm Nick Feynman here with Jake Seawalk. As always, Jake, where are we today? First, I'll tell you where we're not, which is Manhattan. <laughs> yeah, it's we're true. Not we're not in Manhattan. There. We are uh, at Bagel Smith at the intersection of North 7th and Bedford in Williamsburg, Brooklyn. Right off the Bedford stop. Right off the Bedford stop. In today's episode, we have an interview with Christine, the manager. We will do our recurring segment, Mention Schmuck of the Week, as always. We're going to review Zootopia, with Jake, which Jake and I both really liked. We'll break down Elon Musk, talk about whether or not he is a supervillain, which is my theory. Stay tuned for that. And then we'll have our final toast. We'll get out of here. And as always, just a reminder, follow us on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, like us on SoundCloud, follow us on iTunes, follow us on SoundCloud as well. And with that, uh, I'm going to bring in Christine. Christine, how are you doing today? I'm doing well. Thank you. Thank you so much for having us. Absolutely. Thank that. you for coming in. So uh, let's just start out. We're, we're at Bagelsmith. Give us a little history behind the place, when it opened, and what sets it apart. Well, we've been open for about 13 years. We do all of our bagels in store. There's somebody in the back right now hand-rolling bagels. They're boiled here, baked here. Everything's from scratch. They're delicious. Thank you. Um, what do you do? You think there, if anything, do you think there's anything that separates a Brooklyn bagel from a Manhattan bagel? I think that the in general between Brooklyn or Manhattan, I think that the hand rolling and everything being done in the store by hand and no machines being involved is the key to it so being that, perfect. So that's more of a New York. Thing I think in so. General. Yeah, we uh, we're hoping to eventually take this show on the road a little bit and try okay. out some other places, but. At least we've sort of found in New York there's a baseline. I think it's because of that. There's like yeah. a baseline of just very good mm-hmm. for pretty much every place we've tried. So you, how long have you been a manager for? I've here? been a manager here for about two years, and I've okay. worked in the store for about six years. What is something that just as people that don't manage a bagel store every day, what what is something you face every day that we wouldn't know you faced or one of the challenges you face? Well, people love bagels 24 hours a day. <laughs> and you we guys are, are 24-7. We are a 24-hour store, so we are as busy at 3 a.m. as we are at 8.30 in the morning. Um, just the difference is there's been a few more cocktails involved on the 3 a.m. bagels, but everybody loves them 24 hours a day, which I wouldn't have necessarily thought because I would have so assumed it was a breakfast food. You know, Saturday, 2 a.m. Saturday, Paint us a picture of what bagel smith looks like. This place is packed with a double line. Um, tons of bacon, egg, and cheese, fried chicken cutlets for sure. Um, also, just our regular cream cheese bagels. I mean, I've, from what I've seen, people will order the same thing at three o'clock in the morning that they order f- the next day for breakfast. I've have seen them do it. Actually. Have you ever seen someone? Have you ever seen someone here at three and then back at like? Oh, absolutely. <laughs> yeah, I mean, on a regular basis, especially. <laughs> There have been times on the holidays that I've seen them within five hours, you know, of the difference. One thing we've noticed at some of, uh, I don't want to call them staples, but s- some of the places that have been around for, you know, like 60 years okay. plus is like a really, like a the same people are there over and over and over again, day in and day out. Do you see the same thing Oh, here? absolutely. It's actually one of my favorite things about this job is that... I have customers that I've seen every day for six years. You know, you get involved right. in their lives. You watch their kids grow up and, you know, they send you cards when they move. And it's great. I love being able to talk to the same people all the time. Do you have a favorite customer? I have a few favorite customers. Do you want to give them a shout out or is that nope. too? <laughs> <laughs> so I, moving to you, I guess you've spent a lot of time around bagels. What yep. is your favorite bagel and favorite order? I have a couple of different favorites. Um, you guys in front of you have my, what I would say is my personal favorites, the pumpernickel everything bagel with you, our sun-dried tomato cream cheese with it's the v- cucumbers. It's very good. Thank it's, you. Uh, it's different than 
it's different. Well, we, and we'll do a review of the full right. of all the bagels, I guess. In it's the next a little segment, different, but, but it's still pretty traditional too. Well, the the one th- the one thing I'll say is the uh, sun dried tomato uh, cream cheese is a little thicker than the normal than normal cream a cheese little I was bit, used yeah. to. I've noticed. I love that. Yeah, it's good, right? That's so tons good. of flavor. Yeah, tons yep. of flavor. Yeah. Um, wh- our favorite question is always kind of the converse of what the last one mm-hmm. was, which is. Do you ever hear someone order something and you just want to, like, grab them by the collar? Sev- a few years ago, we had somebody come in and they got hot pastrami with strawberry cream cheese, lettuce, and tomato. Um, wow. I was very happy that they stayed in the store and ate it so that I could ask them how they felt about it when they were done and they loved it. So, really? you know, to each its own. I never yuck on anybody's yum, so... Whatever they like. It's a great that's, phrase. You know? <laughs> you, must see, you must see a lot. A lot. <laughs> Jake, Jake, <laughs> We're big. I will say we're big dad humor enthusiasts at this show, (laughs) in general. How um just because so this this store at Bedford has Mm -hmm. been here for thirteen years. You said how much has changed around it since this neighborhood has changed. I mean, I have friends in this neighborhood that grew up here, and for them, they've seen it change significantly in just the six years that I've been here. It has changed dramatically. There's a lot more stuff. A lot more options, but I am very proud and happy to say that we're still packed on a regular basis. So you're obviously rolling and baking and boiling everything in-house. Mm-hmm. How about the schmear and the locks? We do the all of the cream cheeses in-house as well. Those are all blended and made here. The locks is brought in. Okay. And where do you where do you get the It's coming from? in from, um, we have a couple different ones, mainly Acme. So but we're actually, we're going to, we're very excited for listeners out there. We're going to be at Acme next week. Oh, which, cool. Which is okay. going to be kind of cool little bit of a different show we're not sure exactly how that's going to work out i have not been there personally but i've i've I wanted to go over once i found out that it was actually in the city right in the vicinity mm-hmm. what uh, we, t- we touched on it briefly but what challenges do you face as a restaurant that is a 24-hour operation is that something tougher than keeping everything consistent i would say is the most challenging which i think that we do a really good job of right. we do try and keep it i have come in here i also send friends in here in the middle of the night so that they get food because i want to see what it looks like and make sure that do it's they exactly do the they same. get it and bring it back to you or do they then try it i just tell just it's people that come in here on a regular basis oh, okay. so they know what so they're they know the for. baseline yeah they're you know solid yeah very cool mm-hmm. um and i guess one thing what is one thing we wouldn't know about Bagelsmith just from walking in here i mean obviously it's pretty packed but um, well, actually, right now it is not even the least bit packed. <laughs> so there's most of the time we do have a line out the door, especially on the weekends. Um, other than that, I don't really know what you wouldn't know. We're pretty straightforward. Just great food all of the time. What do you think makes the sandwich? I think, I mean, I've got to go with the bagel. Even though we make the cream cheese in-house, I like our bagels more than most any one of the ones I've tried. I think that they consistently have great flavor. The rollers do a great job of you know, putting them together, and then our bakers do a really good job of keeping it right in the middle. Along the same lines, what do you think the most important aspect of the bagel is? I think it being cooked to exactly the right, like that one right there. It's not too light, not too dark. It's, you know, it doesn't get too crunchy. It's perfect. But chewy. Yes, absolutely. Um, Okay, well, thank you so much for joining us. I think that's going to wrap up our interview. Thank you so much for coming in, guys. Of course, and thank you for having us. We'll be back with Mention Schmuck of the Week and our review of Zootopia. This is Schmear's the Deal. Flooding. Flooding is pretty bad. There's been terrible flooding all over England recently. And I was watching the news. I saw a woman on the news in her flooded kitchen crying. (laughs) 
And I couldn't help but think, crying's not helping. <laughs> Welcome back to Schmears the Deal. I'm Jake Seawalk. He's still Nick Feynman. I am. We're still at Bagel Smith at North 7th and Bedford in Williamsburg, Brooklyn. Boy, are we. And uh, we're having a good time. time. Yeah, we're a nice day out there. We're we're right. We didn't get a chance to describe the store during uh, our interview with Christine, but we're sort of sitting at the front counter area where there are a couple of seats. The store goes back sort of like a traditional. I guess traditional deli, it's like pretty the other spots yeah. we've been to. It has, you know, a bagel counter in the back with all the baskets of bagels. We're right towards the front where there's a big window. This place is open 24-7, which is pretty cool. I'm definitely going to be making a late-night stop here. Myself. Yeah, I would love to. I did complain in one of our earlier episodes of Not Enough 24-7 Bagel You did. Places, I think so you complained about that in one, one, of the first, one of the first episodes we ever did. Yep. It's Still a, a complaint. It's an OG complaint for you. <laughs> well, <laughs> I think that... I think that it's the sort of, you know, living above a bagel store that closes at 7 p.m. I get it because it's normally a breakfast food in New York, but, you know, I'd love that option. All right, and with that, let's move on to our current segment, Mention Schmuck of the Week. Here it is. Let's. I think a mint is like a superhero. Those were the days when I was just a poor schmuck. They're looking at him like, what a schmuck. Thank you, Donald. Thanks, Don. Do we, when do we have to take Trump? Do we have to take Trump off? Well, off the that's my, I mean it's no, it's, a gotta, lot. it's a lot. There aren't a lot of sound bits out there with the word schmuck in it. So yeah, it's true. He is. He's we have limited sort of limited options. Um, <laughs> if he becomes president of the United States, we might ha- just have to repeat it a couple of times. Speaking of Donald Trump, oh oh yeah, and mention of the week. My mention of the week is The Simpsons. Really? Why? In two thousand. On an episode of The Simpsons, they predicted that Donald Trump would run for president. And win. I actually, I saw this. It's amazing. It's amazing. I mean, so that's the whole story, basically. Well, uh, actually, here's the sound from it. As you know, we've inherited quite a budget crunch from President Trump. How bad is it, Secretary Van Houten? We're broke. The country is broke? How can that be? Well, remember when the last administration decided to invest in our nation's children? Big mistake. The Balanced Breakfast Program just created a generation of ultra-strong super criminals. And Midnight Basketball taught them to function without sleep. All right, it's All right. Pr- pretty cool stuff. Yeah, it was, I mean... Cool is the wrong word. Cool, it's just very... It's just stuff. The thing is that they... <laughs> I mean, the, the, the what people are saying is, like, if you throw enough things at a wall, eventually something's going to stick. And, yeah. like, that's kind of what they what they got right here is that they... They just pre- they predict so many ridiculous things that, that every once in a while every once in a while it has to hit and they kind of hit with this that one. one's pretty but it's still pretty on. crazy yeah it's very spot on who you've got for schmuck uh, my schmuck is the city of Minneapolis Minnesota because they have allowed the worst maybe the worst restaurant of all time to come into their midst they have the water bar starts there this week. It is a place where you can only get different types of tap water to taste in oh flights. It's a schmuck move. That's the worst. That's the worst thing it I've ever. It is a schmuck move. I mean, we like fatty, wholesome, bagel, delicious foods. That's that's water. That's just literally water. Like they drive to other places and get the tap water there to compare it to the. You can get flights of tap water. Horrifying. That is truly horrifying. Anyway, so they're schmucks. Moving on. What do you think of the bagel? So right now I'm eating this everything pumpernickel bagel with the sun-dried tomato schmear and sprouts and red onions. And really it good. It was recommended so, by Christine. So, so, so delicious. 
I'd never had a it's pumpernickel really everything bagel. Extraordinarily, extraordinarily tasty. And we also had our normal bagel, lox, scallion, cream cheese. Yeah, we had the normal, and the so normal was also really good. I mean, it was a... It's a um, chewier bagel. It was a chewier bagel than we're, we're typically used to. There wasn't as much crunch on the right. outside, but it was still um, a really flavorful piece of bread. Yeah, And really well seasoned, and the... The schmear, which they make here, is, was really delicious. I thought. I thought that was. It's like thicker, really it's thicker was than next the other, level than schmear. The yeah, it was very, very delicious schmear, and uh, the fish from Acme is always delicious. So, right, and so we're, we, Jake and I talked this over during the break a little bit. We think we're going to place this at six on the top ten list. Yeah, which is right, which is very at, solid. Right before H and H Bagels, and after Murray's. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So uh, check out the full list at schmearsthedeal.com. And with that, let's. Uh, you want to talk about Zootopia? I would love to talk about Zootopia. So Jake and I both really like this this movie, uh, animated film. Jake, you want to give a little overview? I will. I would happily <laughs> give an overview. All right. So we pick up with Officer Judy Hopps, played by or voiced by uh, Jennifer Goodwin. The voices, the people that voiced some of these parts were amazing. I and uh, Officer Hopps is the first ever bunny cop in Zootopia. No big deal. Although it is a big deal, super proud, <laughs> super proud of her, and she gets put on this case to track down a missing otter, and she ends up finding all fourteen missing mammals. And I will let uh, everyone go see the movie and find out the rest of what happens. Yeah, don't from there. don't spoil it. But it really, it's probably one of the best movies I've seen in a long time, and we've been. I don't want best. Best is one of a, is a hard word. So this is and this is, this is going, this is going back word. to what something that you talk about a lot, which is I think that was the, one of the single most enjoyable moving experiences that I've had in a very long time. I saw it last night, and it's just like from start to finish, just the where most did, fun. Where did you see it? I saw it at AMC East Village Seven. Did pretty you close get the to you. lie down seats? Lie down. So here's the thing: the AMC lie down seats are next level, which I had for this movie. First row seats in a movie theater are, generally speaking, not good. Too close, you have to crane your neck. Agreed. But when Agreed. you're in a theater where you can recline and you can naturally position your body to look it's up at the screen, amazing. front row is the best seat in the house. Saw it in the front row last night, and honestly, it was such it's such a good movie. And that theater also, you can reserve seats, which right. start, something that started in L.A., and I'm a huge fan of it moving huge to the fan East Coast. What do you like about it? I lo- I just thought it was so creative. It's the most imaginative movie. That's what I said. It's just so wildly creative. Well, I think it, it fits other Pixar Disney theme. Like, there are a number of very very creative movies in that in that genre. To me, it's <laughs> if we're breaking it down, it's the second most creative idea of a movie of like a movie like that I've seen behind Monsters Inc. Interesting. The, the premise behind Monsters Inc. I'm just going to go on a little tangent here. To me, is just so brilliant. The See, idea I think, that, I think the Inside I- Out was also really brilliant. Inside Out way. was also really brilliant. But but the idea of Monsters Inc. Just the idea that monsters are Legal scaring guys. people are scaring people for energy and like doors come down from the ceiling. It's just right. so so smart. This movie was pretty close. The there were some. Am- this movie was there's straight some, up brilliant. There's some amazing scenes at the Godfather scene. <laughs> Like honestly, the Godfather scene Big, is one of Mr. the Big. one of my dying. favorite scenes in any movie I've ever seen. Also, the DMV scene. The DMV the scene sloss, is really funny. I read a really interesting review of the movie um, that said that they took a huge risk with the DMV scene because 
most kids' movies, you're not supposed to slow down the pace. Right. And they literally slowed it down to yeah. a sloth. It's crawl. really funny. It's That's not a spoiler. That's, like, I think the well, one it's, scene it's they showed in the trailer. trailer. The right. one thing, I, I, that was actually, I have a problem with that. I wish it had been, like, a variation. I didn't like that it was the exact same. Right. I thought it was lazy. Something that, For anim- everything else something they that did, animated d- movies do a lot that they didn't do with this that I wish they would have done is a lot of times animated movies will create a trailer with 100% footage that's not in the movie. Right, which is what I and thought And I wish was they would have done that. I was like, because well, my thought when I saw that trailer, shout out to one of my roommates, Max Hamilton, he he was like, months ago, it was like, you guys have to see this. Yeah. We pulled it up. I loved it. I was like, oh my, like the rest of this movie is going to be amazing. And it was, but it I was wish amazing. it hadn't been exactly the same. I agree. Um, I, I mean, I still thought that I mean, I, th- I thought the voice the voices were great. I mean, it's, a, it's an all star cast. Jason Bateman plays. Yeah, Jason the male Bateman lead. was the fox. Yeah, and it's great. just literally everything about it for kids, for adults. It functions on. I was I saw it with two friends, and at about ten minutes in, as soon as she's entering Zootopia, I looked at my friends. And I said, "This movie is functioning on every single level right now. Every single it one." Was ma- it was great. Yeah, it was great. And the other thing about it is. It just had some really creative plays on society. Some and there were some hilarious for the like older Gazelle, viewers. Giselle versus Giselle. Right. There were some the hilarious, uh, like, subverted jokes, kind of like there was a hilarious Walter White joke. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. There were some really funny jokes in there. Or even the Godfather stuff. Little kids. Yeah. Get the Godfather. Well, stuff. you know that they like even mentioned Walter and Jesse at that one. Yeah, scene I know. It's amazing. It, yeah, it's amazing. Um, well, so this brings. What is uh, some nice people are sitting sitting down and next to us? What's up, guys? Literally cleaning up my mess. I yeah. feel bad. <laughs> Jake, uh, no, please don't worry about it. Sit sit wherever you would like. What this sort of brings, I guess. All right. So, what do you think? What do you think worked in this movie? Or what what didn't? I mean, I know a lot. Worked, I thought everything worked. I don't think there was anything that wasn't working. It was perfectly paced. It was funny. It was charming. It, there was literally nothing wrong with it. It, uh, what was amazing to me is how thrilling it actually became. Like, thrilling, I got creative. Really into it. I mean, it was so creative that you just couldn't wait to meet new characters because right. they were all interesting. And Every character was interesting and funny in their own way. It did something that I love about Star Wars, where their cutaway char- characters, the ones that are there for very little time, are just endlessly amusing. Endlessly amusing. And, and just awesome. So I thought it was, I mean, straight up 10 out of 10. Yeah, me too. I was gonna. I was. I would. I could not recommend a movie more highly. It's just. It's in the enjoyability factor, which I think I factor in a little more than you do. I no no no. So no, no, no. Ooh, I want to clear. I want to clarify this. I take enjoyability into account when it comes to just like I don't how much I li- how much I, I li- how much I like a movie. When we're talking about something that deserves or doesn't deserve to win Best Picture, it becomes an entirely different discussion. Because then it's not about what I think I like the most. But isn't the whole point of movies to be enjoyable? Yes and no. I, I mean, how, could you, how could you say no to that? It's a because form of entertainment. It, but it's also an, a form of art. There, and, th- and art shouldn't be enjoyable? It should be. But there's a difference between just purely going for one and purely going for the other. And you need to find the right balance between the two. So do you think this movie had a good balance? Between the I two? thought this movie had a great balance. I thought it was in, in very incredibly enjoyable. It was also beautifully animated. So if th- but so if this is up for Best Picture next year, it is w- it? W- I'm pretty confident this will win Best Animated Feature. No, I'm not talking about it Best Animated Feature. I'm talking about Best Picture. You just said it, this was a It can't win Best Picture. Why? Because it doesn't attack anything seriously enough. That's ridiculous. It attacks 
like every societal stereotype. It's a kids' movie, possible. though. It's I, it does, but it does it in an incredibly overt way, right? Like, it's not subtle at all. It's it's very, 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 very heavy-handed, which I'm totally so okay not, with. So but it needs not, to be heavy-handed. It's not artistic enough to win. Right? It isn't. It just isn't. In, in terms of its storytelling, don't you think that's a more of a flaw with the Oscars than it is with? No, because else? I don't think it's artistic storytelling. I don't think that Zootopia is an artistic story. I thought it, I thought that the animation was beautiful, but the the story itself is, while being wildly imaginative and creative, is like an overtly heavy-handed message about inclusion, which I'm totally okay with. But but it, it has to target a you know like a ten and younger yeah. audience, so it has to be heavy-handed like that. Okay. That's something I think this is something we will pretty much always, always disagree, disagree with. Disagree with, yeah. which is fine. All right, uh, with that we're gonna. Ooh, that's a good looking bagel. That bagel is very good. Uh, excuse me, sir. What do you? What is on that bagel? If you don't mind us asking. Beef. <laughs> very fair. Where's the good. beef? All right, with that we're gonna go to break, <laughs> and we <laughs> we will come back with our with Elon Musk and the final toast. This is Schmears the deal. The other day I went to FedEx, saw a woman pull into a handicap spot. No plate, no tag, nothing. She just hopped out like a gazelle, just boom, popped out. And she had a FedEx shirt on. And I was like, no, not today, not happening. And I go, excuse me, you're handicapped? And she goes, ah, yeah, I am. And quite frankly, I didn't like the way she said, ah, yeah, I am. So I go, how? How are you handicapped? She had a little smirk on her face, pulled up her pant leg, and she had like a metal leg, you know, like a prosthetic. And I was like, right. Welcome back to Schmears the Deal. I'm Nick Feynman. He's Jake Seawalk. Still am. We are hanging out at Bagel Smith on Bedford Avenue. Yes, sir. Big fan of this store. It's gotten pretty packed since we started here. It's a pretty constant flow. Although Christine maintains that this is not packed. I under- yeah. I, I think that, that we that. completely underestimate how busy this place gets on a weekend night. I completely could see that. As, I think that as someone th- that lives above yeah. Tompkins Square Bagel, I, which I is think packed, that this place probably packed. is literally full on a weekend night. Well, yeah, and like yeah, you I can't like not like not able to move full. All right, let's talk about an interesting fella who we've been trying we've to been talk trying about for a while. Talk about for a while, and now it before. makes some. It's finally been a little bit topical. Um, let's talk about Elon Musk a little bit. Absolutely. So, and I know that you have like well, a have borderline wild conspiracy theory. It's not, theory it's about not even him. wild. It's the most obvious thing in the world about this. Guy. Yeah, if we lived in a cartoon oh. movie, which. Have you seen the way the world... Donald Trump's going to be president. Things are blowing up all over the place. We, li- we might as well I live think that's in a more, movie. That's more of a dystopia movie than it is a cartoon movie, though. Let's, let's, talk, about, let's talk about Elon Musk really quickly. Nick so, is convinced that he's a supervillain. Well, let's, let's go his overview, and then I will, <laughs> I, will, I will give you the reasons why right, he's a supervillain. I'll let you give the overview. All right, so here's the overview. He was born in 1971. Um, he's younger than I thought he was. Yeah, South African. That light accent. One of the... Re- definitely sounds evil. I'll get back to that. <laughs> Co-founded PayPal. Uh, his company he originally started was acquired by another company. They ended up being PayPal. He sold it for uh, the scientific figure of a shit ton of money to Microsoft. <laughs> <laughs> he had the most shares. So it was $1.5 billion, which yeah. is... And he what, had the most shares. If you were wondering what the equation was, shit, shit ton, ton to dollars. Shit, ton, shit ton's about $1.5 It's about one, around $1.5 <laughs> It's pretty safe. 
he, with that money, and I, I'm assuming other money he had invested or gotten in other ways, he started SpaceX and Tesla. He also is heavily invested in solar energy and has been really floating the idea of Hyperloop, which is a super fast train, which is pretty interesting, yeah. which we can talk about. Basically, he has his hand in a lot of high, highly evolving technological fields. Including he also has a non-for-profit AI company. He does, and he's obsessed with open source and getting the world to sort of crowdfund the work. That's, yeah. that's the whole thing behind Hyperloop. Intra- very interesting guy. His, his ideas have become the leaders in, in things such as electric cars. They're trying to become leaders in the driverless car field. They, this week, are actually model, the Model 3 is going on sale, right? Right, so that's why that's we're the new Tesla up model. is that there's now going to be enough. So the first two models, the Model S and the Model X, both will cost you $100,000 or more. A lot of money. The Model 3 is going to start. By the way, a lot of is like... 100 a lot of <laughs> shit ton is like 1.5 bill That's there's a, a there's a huge difference between no, the two a between. wild discrepancy <laughs> there's nothing, there's nothing in, between. in between um so the model 3 is coming out which is less than a lot of um it's about it's going to start at 30,000 35 okay, 35 right? yeah i think so goes 200 miles on a charge pretty amazing it is it's really, really amazing cool stuff. we're assuming one of the coolest things about teslas i think is that they update like an iphone in so like if they update if for example they have driverless car technology it'll just update overnight in two thousand and twelve, I toured the Tesla factory. Did you really? I didn't yeah. know. It was very cool. It's a pretty wild space. I got to watch them make the Model S's. You it was before they. It was like right as they were hitting the road. The Model S's. How, they were how only did that come about? How did you, if you don't mind me asking? Uh, I had a very good friend that worked there. He, oh, okay. he programmed, coded for them. It's pretty cool. Yeah, it was very cool. Pretty cool. To Burroughs' friend. Yeah. Shout out to JBS. Sort of. Anyway, the other thing about Elon Musk that comes up, and then I will talk about my evil genius theory, is that he's really not afraid to speak his mind. He's talked on a number of subjects, including extraterrestrial life. He thinks it's out there. God, he questions it. Sub- government subsidies, he's taken a lot of heat for that theory, which he says basically the government shouldn't give any subsidies. Even though he's taken... He's taken $5 billion in government subsidies. Right. Uh, he, he thinks they should... Basically, carbon should just be taxed. There should be consequences right. for not creating the best thing versus incentives to create the best yeah. thing. Don't really know if I agree with that. He also... My, I think the mo- one of the more interesting things he's talked about is his view on AI, which is basically that it's the, mo- the biggest danger to artificial intelligence, for those of you who don't know who that is... Which ba- he basically has said it's the biggest danger to human life. He thinks computers will eventually start viewing humans as spam, like we have a spam folder, and try to put us in the spam folder, aka get rid of us. Pretty interesting stuff. Kind of yeah. scary. I, I don't know. If, I don't know if you had heard that theory. I so have, really. and that's that's the. Uh, it's. I think that he's actually not wildly incorrect about it. I think it's really hard to fathom, given where we are right now with it. But it's the more you read about it, and the more. It, you can kind of go down a little bit of a of a of a hole with with that kind of information but once you start to really read about ai and the future of it it becomes a pretty terrifying uh realization you 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 make pretty terrifying realizations and his argument is that basically computers are obsessed with efficiency and eventually they will be much more they are already but in totality be much more efficient than humans and therefore try to right. get rid of the and they'll be able to optimize themselves all right so now to my theory it's your theory. I'm, I'm pretty interested <coughs> in this theory because it, on paper, 
this man just does a wild amount of good for the world. He does. And he also, one of the interesting things he's done, which we didn't bring up, is with Tesla, they have all these patents on electric cars. He's just he's opened, just them, to open them up. Feel free he, to use them. Right. And, and, but that does benefit him because the more the electric market grows and it becomes more of, of a... Of course. It benefits, it benefits him. him, but it also benefits the world. It does both. Here's the thing about Elon Musk. No one, and this is the entire basis of my theory. No one is that perfect. Every like, <laughs> and he is, in my opinion, this everything he has done is the start to every sci-fi villain out there. Well, what about someone like Bill Gates? But okay, but Bill Gates has not tried to gain as much power over everything in the world as he has. Like I we haven't even but, talked but about space. Well, you're we, just talking about how he's open sourcing let me, everything. Let me build. Let me build my theory. All right. Let me talk about it. First of all, I'm just trying to. First pop of it. all, cre- creepy, creepy, slightly foreign guy accent. I'll, not, give, not I'll give you quite that. Discernible where it's from. I'll one. definitely give you that much. Very, very, very smart. Helps the world in theory, but a lot of it is his own technology that he's offering and giving up. Where's the twist? Everyone thinks he's a genius, which he definitely is, but does that equate to being a good guy? No one's this good. When does he turn evil? Jake, to you. I, uh, I don't even know what to <laughs> say, man. It's a pretty, I think it's a pretty out there theory. Absolutely, but um, can you prove me wrong? Yeah. I mean, you were talking about how he's like trying to control the world. We were just talking about how he's open sourcing everything. He open sources he's some tr- of it. He's some tr- of it. He's open sourcing all of it. He's. Uh, it's not all of it. No, he still has control over over SpaceX <laughs> and. But we are getting I just to interrupt. Just posed for. Of, I just posed for a picture. We're getting a lot of love out out the Bagel Smith window. Um, Williamsburg is busy. Williamsburg <laughs> is popping, man. Um, Can't wait for Elon Musk to nuke it. <laughs> Give me a break, dude. So <laughs> I don't he, think he's going to be that bad. But I don't thing, think I don't think anyone's the thing about Elon Musk is that I think that he's doing it for a lot of personal gain. Don't get me wrong; he's making. Yeah, I, uh, and I think people overlook that he's making a ton of money. Multiple off of all shit this. tons. Multiple shit tons, and but but he's also simultaneously doing a really insane amount of good. He's like he's essentially optimizing the world in a good way, and is being very appropriately cautious and uh i guess pessimistic about the futures of things that could potentially be dangerous while simultaneously like really boosting things that he knows are going to be positive and it's all about clean energy solar power the hyperloop is a is a really wild thing so the hyperloop basically is Essentially, you know those tubes where people like with banks, you put money in and it like shoots up the <laughs> shoot that with it's people. That with people basically. It's a tube, it actually is tube of air that. and it's I a guess fr- weightless pods. Right, is the idea it would be friction. Yeah, like frictionless, frictionless pods sorry. that kind of move through the 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 loop. And, and in theory, LA to San Fran in thirty minutes. Right, and theoretically, eventually even faster than that. Um, and then. So he's he's donated a bunch of money and man manpower to making that work. He's donated a lot of manpower. He actually put um, for nine months. He took a bunch of engineers away from SpaceX and Tesla, right. and then I believe they just released their. Well, it's now in the hands of it. They released their findings. They released the their engineering not, work right. just pu- publicly. Well, and it's now in the hands of, or it's now being built upon by a non for profit. I think it's a non-for-profit. My, it, knowing this sort of project might actually be for-profit, but they're building a test track, and they're going right. to they're be working on it. That's really interesting to me. As someone that dreams of the idea of living somewhere and working in New York City, that'll be an interesting I interesting think that the take. Hyperloop is 
when we talked about VR and AR a while ago and how we thought that that and how I thought that was going to be, you know, something that was going to essentially take over the world. I think that he is doing that in the way we get from A to B. I think that Elon Musk modes of transportation will be the exclusive modes of transportation. In the future. I think it's all going to be well, ele- I mean, electric you, driverless vehicles. You can't, but you can't give him you can't give him credit for the entire idea of electric vehicles. Oh, he's, obviously he's not optimized. I mean, obviously not. It'd be like giving Thomas it'd be Edison like giving Steve Jobs electric. credit for the phone. If you didn't know this, um, well, ex- fair. He optimized. He optimized. Yeah, just the way optimized to use the phone. If you didn't know this, this is a, just a random sidetrack. Thomas Edison created electric cars back in the day. I know. And they had to nix the program because they they were killing too many pedestrians because they weren't loud enough. People couldn't hear them coming. <laughs> Which I think think is pretty interesting. Also, if you're an Office fan, that makes you think of Dwight Dwight Schrute driving around in the, in the Prius. Yeah. So okay, well, I guess this is another one of those topics where in 30 years we'll have a follow-up conversation. And we'll follow up with you in 2046. (laughs) Okay, deal. And uh, with that, you want to move on to the final toast? Let's move on to the final toast. All right, here it is, the final toast. All right, Jake, who are you toasting? So I'm final toasting my viewing of the TV show Hard Knocks. They have finally decided to put the Rams on Hard Knocks. Have they officially? Yeah. For L.A.? In the first season, they're not in St. Louis. They're putting the St. Louis Did you Louis see Rams the Michael Sam knocks. story today? I did see the Michael Sam story today. So the story came out that they only drafted Michael Sam so that the NFL wouldn't put the Rams on hard knocks. The Rams yeah. immediately declined to comment on that because, They'd of course, probably true. Um, you can't make but that a pretty up. wild story. Who are you toasting? I'm toasting. It's a little more somber. I'm toasting the city of Brussels. Yeah. It. Uh, it's been a long week in the news world. Long week. Seen a lot of stuff, but that's a pretty resilient city for everything that's gone on and i hope they keep the hope that's all we can ask for all we can ask for um and i think that's probably going to do it for us yeah i'm a a sort of somber note i'm a somber note uh check out check out the extra schmear when it comes out on tuesday we have another interview with a young customer a a dynamo named hendrix hendrix and uh like we always say we'll do better next time and stay toasty out there schmear's the deal is brought to you this week by bagelsmith located in williamsburg in brooklyn new york and is produced by Jacob Seawalk and Nick Feynman in association with Team Panther Productions. A special thanks this week to Jimmy Carr and Jay Larson. Please subscribe on iTunes or SoundCloud, or for more information, please visit schmearsthedeal.com.